Welcome to Dressage Life with JJ Tate. Do you love dressage? Are you looking to inspire your ride? Do you long to learn secrets of truly great riders? Yes? Then you're in the right place. Join classically trained, internationally competitive dressage rider JJ Tate as she brings inspired conversations, in-depth discussions, and a healthy dose of humor to the world of dressage. Join JJ and her new generation of classical riders in this adventure called Dressage Life. Today's episode was originally featured in JJ's online community, Team Tate TV, a private Facebook group of inspired and supportive dressage lovers just like you. If you're on Facebook, we welcome you to join the conversation there. And now, here's JJ. Hey guys! Welcome and happy to be back. I am officially eight weeks out from surgery, so that is exciting. And I feel good. And yeah, things are moving in a good direction. I am feeling, you know, definitely step by step a little bit better about my next path. And as always, like the the next right thing, like more shall be revealed. So that's definitely something that is yeah, slowly starting to make sense. And I'm going to just still do more research because that's how I am. More research, more research. <laughs> um, yeah, so just step by step, we are, you know, taking all of it in and reading a lot. I think I moved all my cancer books. Thank you, Sally Rivret, for that. Um, I, I moved my cancer Bible into the bathtub because I took a t- I took a bathtub the other night and read up about all kinds of things. And Doctor Google is still being helpful, actually. So that that's great. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, in general, things are things are quite good. I have some really great things to report about Apollo. So my first day back, actually, let me back up and say the girls did an amazing job working my horses. So I got on Denali and he got a clean change in each direction. So he did not forget anything. And then I rode Apollo yesterday. And I do think I got on him a little bit too early because he's like, I know that horse like the back of my hand and I love Apollo and he's so like connected with me, I I knew I would be like safe, you know, like he's not going to do anything or like, you know, be be misbehaving or jumping or whatever. But he was like, always like so excited. So he was like walking down to the ring. And I'm like, Oh, I feel that like right in my chest. Because I was doing like walking, right? Like that was not hard three weeks out. I actually got on two weeks after the surgery and just walked. Maybe there was a little canter, maybe some pirouettes, and Norma. It was easy to do a little posting trot on Norma too. But anyway, like it did not feel bad at all, and that's what the doctors told me: follow your body, don't do too much. So I didn't. I came home every afternoon, rested, calmed down. I took good care of myself. Um, but Apollo yesterday was so good. Took him in the outdoor. 
and I did five threes, nine twos, 15 one-time tempies. And he was, he was just didn't miss a beat. So that was really exciting because, you know, you take this time and you give them a break or somebody else rides them and it's not the same and they do not forget, which is why we need to be really careful what we're teaching all these horses because they do not forget. It's like a steel trap up there. Actually, that's true because besides elephants, horses remember the most in the animal kingdom. So we got to make sure we're putting the right stuff in there. And we are headed to regionals this week. So Ashley and Sid left tonight or this morning. And so they arrive there tonight. And then tomorrow, uh, Jess and I are going to take up Duke and Darby. So that'll be fun. I am competing in the Grand Prix and the Grand Prix freestyle. So that's exciting. Eight weeks out. Holy crap. That's awesome. Uh, I feel good. Darby loves to show. So he wanted to come. And I had Romeo and Apollo also qualified. Uh, but it just didn't, it just didn't feel like a great idea. <laughs> Uh, Romeo actually had some time off because he's got a little bit of a heart condition. That's not like crazy, but we wanted to try some medication and it was important that he just didn't exercise while we tried the medication. So he's doing good. He's back normal and Apollo didn't miss a beat. So that's exciting. But yeah, so anyway, regionals this weekend. So maybe I'll pop up do a couple interviews with some friends, tell you how it's going. So that'll be great. Um, yeah, so the big thing this week is also tonight at eight o'clock, I am doing another lecture in the Team Tate Academy. And it was actually really fun to do. And I'm really excited to share that later with everybody. Because we're going to go through like we've, we're having a series of going through the different levels. And that tonight is first level. And, you know, I think it's really important for everybody to, and I know like my podcast goes all over the world, but um, in American context, like for the first level, um, that's like L level uh, in Germany, but it's got like the leg yields and the lengthenings, um, trot canter trot transitions, uh, 10 meter circles at the trot. 15 meter circles at the canter, a little shallow loop, a little tiny bit counter canter. Um, so we're kind of in a deep dive into each of the levels. And I felt like my training level lecture was a little bit more an introduction also to horse shows, because we all kind of begin at, at training level. But it was actually really fun to do this lecture because we really got into training and you know, it's the basics are the most important thing you will ever teach your horse. Just like Apollo has not done one-time tempies in approximately two months, maybe two and a half months. I mean, I didn't do them, you know, I mean, maybe in July. And then, then I had surgery on August 18th. So 
you know, that's been a long time. And he's like, I remember it all. So that's the thing about really understanding like the importance of the basics and it, everything comes after this, you know, again, you know, I remember when the team was getting ready for the WEG, they stayed here. Our American team stayed at our farm. And, you know, I heard Robert Dover shouting from the arena, like, on the bit. He needs to be on the bit. I mean, that's what I work on every day, you know. And then, like, the team had to work on getting them on the bit, you know. And it's all relative on, like, what level you are what level your horse is, what level of a rider you are, because even three days before the World Equestrian Games, you still need to get that horse on the bit or like better on the bit or like more through. Um, And so for me, like going through first level was kind of where training level and first level is where it all really begins. And like the concepts really are beginning. So I wanted to just talk a little bit about first level and hopefully you guys will find that helpful out there would you like to learn to communicate in a way that your horse can better understand check out team tate academy jj's online classical dressage academy as a member you'll gain clarity through the usdf accredited lesson library monthly zoom meetings and twice monthly live study groups called the tack room chats Join the community and benefit from connecting with a fun, passionate, and like-minded group of dressage lovers just like you. Be supported and empowered to make the progress you and your horse deserve, regardless of age, level, or background. Be inspired. JJ's commitment to your success shines through in every lesson and lecture. Let JJ's belief in you and your horse transfer over to every one of your rides. Visit teamtateacademy.com slash podcast today to find links to join our monthly Zoom meetings, purchase mini courses and live stream replays, and of course, join the waitlist for the next open enrollment. Um, so first off, the purpose of first level is to confirm that the horse demonstrates correct basics and in addition to the requirements of training level, has developed the thrust to achieve improved balance and throughness and maintain a more consistent contact with the bit. So that is what is written on every first level test in our country. That is what the judge is looking for. And then there's, of course, all kinds of different ways for the judge to judge that if you are meeting that criteria. But I would encourage everybody, like, even if you're not going to show, I mean, I, in my program, like, I don't care if you ever show. Not all five-year-olds need to do the FEI five-year-old tests. Some horses won't make their debut till their third, fourth level. Uh, And that's okay. Some horses need to just go and not compete. Some don't ever need to go to the horse show. Um, It kind of just depends on like what role every horse has in their life at that time. And so, you know, it becomes kind of individual. And uh, I'm certainly not like everything needs to be about horse showing. But I do think for me personally, horse showing keeps me sharp and gives me a lot of information about what I should be doing better at home because sometimes things don't show up till we go to the show. So like he's really distracted or he's um, not supple enough through that rain. And when he's in a little bit of a place of tension, that shows up a bit more. 
Uh, maybe he's a little bit disobedient and I did not see that coming, but clearly it's happening. I just, it's under my radar when I'm at home. So, um, for me personally, I do like to compete, um, competitive and I like to challenge myself mostly, um, and see if I can bring me and that horse into a team that we can accomplish like the said test. Um, so that's really fun. But um, even if you don't compete, it's so important to really understand the purpose of the level and what are the requirements and how that is in context to the rest of what we should be doing. So I wrote a couple things down about like what first level means to me. And I mean, obviously the big thing is that development of thrust that the horse, and I always describe that as I want the horse for my feeling from the saddle, I want the feeling that the horse is taking me somewhere. Like he's joyful, he's energetic, he is calm and focused, but he is ground covering and there is an energy coming from his hind legs that is like taking us both happily somewhere. And it was really cute because in the slides, because we're all fancy in that Team Tate Academy, <laughs> in one of the slides, we have Apollo and his is like the perfect picture. Thank you, Richard. But it's like his hind legs are coming and his front leg, it's like you can just see that the hind leg is like pushing out his front leg, you know, that it isn't like his front leg is like pulling him along. He's just like, like this uphill trajectory and those hind legs are like, wow really separating and pushing and you can like see the power even in that photo. And I mean, that was like exactly what we're looking for in that first level thrust. Because one of the most important things we need to remember about first level is like we are laying down the foundation that we will work from forever. One more time. Forever. So how the horse learns to go on the bit is important. How the horse learns to raise the back and bow up the back and carry the rider, huge. How he learns to take bigger steps in the lengthening is because his back got higher. And so the limbs had more freedom to move bigger, huge. The consistent connection, you know, from the hind leg to the bit. The ability to let the rider into his back. Um, the beginning of all lateral work. Oh my gosh, can't forget that. It's also the start of manipulating and balancing the canter with the little shallow loop at the canter. 15 meter circles at the canter and 10 meter circles at the trot totally start to talk to the horse about collection and rebalancing. And so that brings me into another super important point for me uh, in first level is the balance. Because it's easy to be like, oh, I'm supposed to go forward. Steinbrick said, make it straight and ride it forward, you know. But that doesn't mean just like go, 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 go. Now in first level, with that really big focus on balance, it becomes how is he going more forward? Is there energy? I want the horse to take me happily somewhere, but I can't run the horse past his natural balance. So that's that's a big one. And how that horse learns to swing 
in the beginning is like something you have to put into the horse as soon as possible. Quick story, because that's what I do. <laughs> I remember uh, Richard and I took Ashley Parsons to Germany to look for a horse. She had um, some wonderful clients and we were looking for a nice horse to bring along for her. And we got on everything from like three-year-olds to probably five-year-olds and every single horse, every single one, when she put her leg on, it grew, it got, it got bigger, it got taller, longer strides, more volume kind of like popped up and it, and it didn't get flat and tight and run. And she was just like, that is a huge difference what I'm feeling in young horses in America versus how these horses were started and developed in Germany. Like even a three-year-old, it's like it went forward with impulsion and not speed. And again, to quote Charles, because we can never get enough of Charles the Comfy, he is always like, speed is the enemy of impulsion. Both have energy, right? But one is buoyant and soft elastic joints and the other is like tight and quick and fast you know so we always want to make sure that 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 balance is really taken care of um because again that's going to keep your horse sound and you can always check out the academy because there's a whole like ride your horse sound series that we just go into so many of these different aspects of how to keep your horse sound um, again, the next thing that becomes super important in first level, I mean, it's already there in training level, but you start to really get the details kind of organized in first level, you know, is connection. That that horse really, from that energy of the hind leg, raises the back, bows over the wither, elongates the neck, and you feel the horse draw into and like stretch into your ring fingers on both sides evenly because now the conversation of the horse is not ambidextrous we have to train him to be that we have to train him to be soft and accept the contact and we have to train him to go forward over the back you know so as we you know teach that that shape is so important and that's you know right behind connection is kind of right behind balance as like two things i work on every day with every horse from every level um we always used to say and uh, one of my coaches used to say he needs to be on the bit but off your hand and i love that saying right because you want the horse connected you just don't need to like feel him you know, connected. So he needs to be on the bit, but like not pulling. He needs to be following the connection, loose and supple and liquid in the neck and the back, right? By neck, I always mean back because it's like a ligamental pulley system. Like one doesn't really happen without the other. And so it's important when we talk about the shape of the neck, that sort of pulls the back up and and allows you to sit on this buoyed part of the horse's torso by where the neck is and therefore then you've got access to the hind legs as well 
I also think first level becomes a horse that starts to like the vocabulary becomes bigger. So you can actually have a conversation. It's, you know, it's the difference of like, I don't even know, like in kids, like when this all starts to change, but it's like, you know, the book of like, see Dick run, you know, uh, he picks up the ball. It gets this is like really basic sentences. And by first level, like they're starting to become a little bit more vocabulary of being able to go sideways, being able to go forward, being able to come back, being able to maneuver around in the canter, uh, serpentines in the trot, you know, um, it's, it's just kind of a nice, uh, the, the vocabulary, like you're kind of really starting to be able to like ride, ride, which is fun. Like for training level, sometimes it's a little bit like you're okay. I'm okay. And we all live to tell about it. <laughs> um, but first level is like, okay, we're starting to really talk about some interesting things. So, um, yeah. And the horse starts to become a little bit more uphill and forward going. And I, I love that. And again, because of that, he gets a bit more under control. And so Charles, again, to quote Charles, cause we all love Charles and I highly recommend the new, the expanded edition of Dressage Principles Illuminated, best book on the planet. It is so great. I have one, it's like, I don't know, 25 years old. So Xenophone Press, thank you, Richard Williams and the whole team there at Xenophone. Xenophone Press, da, da, da. go check it out, get it online, it's amazing. And you too, won't need to listen to me blab about this. You can just go read it for yourself. Although I make funny stories attached to the concept, so that's always fun. <laughs> Maybe you'll remember it better when I have all my funny stories attached to the very serious concept of classical dressage. We have been putting it in practice for 30 years. We've got a lot of good stories and a lot of proof that like, man, this stuff works. Like I didn't make it up. I'm just doing my best to practice it as pure and as good as Charles got it passed down from his teachers who got it passed down from their teachers. And, you know, Eula Dalish in Hungary had his writing club called Xenophone. So it's all, it's all pretty interconnected. Um, so yeah, so then we talk about Charles and that idea of thrust and why that is so important to create that in the horse because we always need to remember that we do not collect the horse we collect the horse's energy so that's charles like that is just the best way to say that so i don't need to improve on the best way to say that <laughs> but i will definitely give him credit for like that's awesome right because like everyone's like oh you should go forward and the horse should be going, you know, but it's like, but why? So it's running? No. So it's on the forehand and doing damage to his limbs and joints? Okay, no, for sure not. It is so that there is energy in the horse that you can then change into collection, right? You gather all that energy into different categories. And so if there's nothing there, I always talk about like, if you're going to like make a little clay bowl, right? There needs to be clay on the table. There needs to be energy spinning the wheel 
and so you can like shape it enough water you know and so there's this coordination of like there needs to be something happening that you can then shape and so that's totally how putting the energy in the horse and then being able to shape it for either you know more collection or more bend or sideways you know that there's always this play of what you can do with that energy but if there's no energy in there there's no thrust there's nothing really to collect so um what else about that yeah and just like it's really cool i hope you guys join us for the lecture because we pull in all the big concepts like how is first level related to my daily vocabulary which when we talk about what the daily vocabulary is and again this is all charles in the book um you want to tune things like a little radio volume dial right so the three categories every day we need to like tutor and create more vocabulary is long and short strides long and short frame bending and straightness so we go into much deeper in the lecture tonight about what does that even look like for first level? I also love to talk about the three phases of training and how first level fits into that. If you guys have listened to me before, this is again concepts from Charles, passed down from his teachers, passed down from their teachers. You get the idea. This is this is old stuff. And it's the science of riding. So it's really important. All of you who sit on your horse, you are the trainer. And so you need to know what we're talking about. <laughs> so join the Academy. We're going to open it again near Thanksgiving. So end of November, tell all your friends. It's going to be awesome. You're going to love it. Um, there's like, oh my God, so many videos in there. It's like over 150. It's like crazy. But back to the three phases. Restorative, therapeutic, amplification. Just going to leave that there. You're going to have to dig a little deeper to find more information about that. <laughs> But um, yeah, it's just really fun to explain a little bit like Charles's theories and I put them into practice and uh, it just makes it really real. Like I, everyone's always like, you can ride with so many different people in the world. Like why still Charles? And I'm like, because he's just always right. Always. It's amazing. And it always works. And I, I always get phenomenal feelings out of horses, better feelings than I even thought were possible. And I have a pretty great imagination. And he makes it come to life in the saddle, in the lesson, in less than 40 minutes. So he's a grandmaster. So anyway, I hope you guys join me tonight. If not, you should join the academy because then you can get all the replays of all the lectures at any time that you want. You can watch the lesson library whatever time of day you possibly want. I like to listen to them. I don't really watch them because I've seen them already like five times. <laughs> but I like to listen to them because it just helps me teach. Uh, it helps me, you know, remember um, just that feeling of what I want to portray to my riders. Uh, so that's always a lot of fun. And it's been so great actually to travel for clinics and it's so easy to be like, you should do a snowman right now. I think right now you should do 
the, you know, stretch up and boop. And like everyone knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> so it just is so great to have like a short code terms for a lot of those things. Um, so yeah, so thank you guys for joining. I'm doing great. Got my pink hat, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. You never know when it might be happening to you or your loved ones, sisters, moms, daughters, cousins. I mean, breast cancer is real and happens to one out of eight women. So I drew the short straw in my barn because we have about eight ladies up there. And you should check every whatever month, every other week. Um, know your body. If you see something or feel something, say something because you just don't know when it might save your life. Okay, that's all. I'll see you guys later at the lecture. Make it a great night. Thanks for joining. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Dressage Life with JJ Tate. Make sure to tell your friends that they can find us wherever they get their podcasts and be sure to subscribe, like, and leave feedback to help other dressage lovers inspire their ride too. For more information and education from JJ Tate, make sure to visit teamtateacademy.com. The podcast you just listened to is produced and powered by Red Mare Enterprises, creating possibilities through branding, modern digital solutions, and project management. We know the horse industry inside and out.